Let's go to the uh, book of Ephesians, shall we? Ephesians chapter 4. I've been going through this series. You say, how long are you going to be in the book of Ephesians? Well, as long as we need to be in the book of Ephesians. I don't have a manual. The only manual I know is Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I don't have a manual I'm following. <laughs> some of you got it, some of you are still looking for your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 4. <laughs> If you're wondering why you can't get online in case you're used to using your Bible app online, the reason you can't get guest access is because the reason we started late this morning was we overloaded our server this morning. She, in other words, in Charlotte County terms, we jammed her. <laughs> so we had to shut off the guest access. So if you're used to using your Bible as your, your Bible app that requires Internet access, then we'll send out a link or two this week of Bible apps that you can download onto your Bible if you prefer to use your phone or your tablet as your Bible source, I'm seeing a lot of Bibles here this morning, like real Bibles. Yeah. Cool beans, right? And um, pretty hard to fight a battle if you don't got a sword in your hand. Pretty hard to have wisdom in the battle if you don't got the sword in your head. So we do just quit meddling and get to preaching. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, you ready? I, Paul speaking here, says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Everybody say, I'm called. With all lowliness, gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. A lot of good stuff right there. Amen? This lesson on the book of Ephesians equipped is called One. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's forever settled in heaven. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing that rests upon the believer. I need a fresh anointing this morning that will settle on the speaker. That you would be the preacher in the house. That your word would lodge itself in our hearts. We'd be strong in the power of your word. We would know your word. We would do your word and believe your word. And we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, what I just read to you is a lot. You could take that one, two, three passage of Scripture that I just gave you and write a whole sermon. You could write a whole series just on what I just read to you. Now, I got reading this a lot. I've, just, I've been listening and reading to the book of Ephesians a lot the last probably six or seven months. I find it interesting that if you was a, um, a, just a writer that was writing books, if you were just a, uh, a secular writer that was writing books and you knew anything about English or about the, about the narrative of, of the audience, you would almost wonder why Paul didn't take this passage and put it back at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. That's just my take on it. But there's extreme high-level logic why we find this locked and lodged right smack dab in the middle of the book of Ephesians. It's really hard. I would even go as far as to say impossible for the believer to walk worthy of the calling if you don't know where you're sitting. It's hard to walk in something if you don't know what you're walking into. We were at Walmart yesterday because we had to get a new Keurig. 
I always call it Walmart fall apart. But I was like, Bonnie, I know where I'm at, and get me out of here. It was packed. It was crowded. It was rushy. I'm not a shopper, so it's in and out, done, get out of there. The believer needs to know where you're walking and where you're sitting and where you are and those around you in the heavenly places, you need to know where you are because if you don't know who you are in Christ, then it's almost impossible to understand how to walk worthy of the calling by which you were called. The reason I'm taking my time here today is because there's a lot of us, and this message has been preached in Charlotte County for 50 or more years. Well, if you're a Christian, you got to look like this, and you got to think like this, and you got to talk like this, and not much talk or teaching was given on the position that the believer is in Christ. We've been taught, and I'm not, be, I'm not being disrespectful to our forefathers, but I, I, I pray I can come across this with a humble heart that we've been taught over the years that God has a ladder and don't dare miss a rung on the way up. And once you get to the top of the ladder, like the, G, like the Jack and the Beanstalk kind of thing, there's a reward at the end of it, but you got to climb up the ladder and you don't miss a rung. And God forbid, if you miss one rung, He's going to make sure you go back down to number one and start all over to get to the top. It's called religion. And when I find the book of Ephesians, the further I dig and dig and dig into this, what I find is, welcome to the kingdom. Let's go to work. Welcome to the kingdom. You're blessed. Welcome to the kingdom. You're just as good as a guy that's been on this journey for 50 years. Welcome to the kingdom. I got a lot to teach you, but how I see you is how I see the lad that's been here for 50 years, sitting in the same seat, doing the same thing, the same song, the same offer and everything for the last 50 years. I see you the same as a guy that's been here all along. And what the Holy Spirit, I believe, speaking to Charlotte County is, church, it's time to give an understanding and a revelation of who we are in Him. One, it's easier to focus on one thing than it is a dozen things, amen? I realize there's a few of us in the room that are talented and multitasking, and that's okay. But when it comes to the big scope of life and the big scope of things, it's much easier to focus on one. Paul's driving a principle home here. There's one focus. There's one vision. There's one plan. There's one purpose. There's one another. Part one this morning, and I probably won't get through all this today, and I don't apologize for that. But number one, everybody say humility. We would use the word around here called humble. I used to nag Allie Johnson once in a while, say, Allie, you're humble and proud of it. <laughs> I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling by which you were called with all lowliness. We don't use the word lowliness. That's the King James word, but it means humility or to be humble. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, all of you, that means all of us, right? Clothe yourself with humility or be humble towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. 
If you want favor in your life, well, we could do a whole lesson on favor, but one, just be humble. Amen? For some, I realize it's harder than others. The ancient Greek culture, I'm going somewhere in the spirit realm for in a little bit, but just to settle the context just on this topic, the ancient Greek culture thought humility was a waste of time. The word that come from, it came from a spirit. It came from something that said, well, guess what? You know what? The world owes me. Because if humility is not in place in a person's heart and life, then it opens up the whole gateway for pride, arrogance, and entitlement. And Paul knew if we are going to see who we are in Christ and whose we are in Christ, the Holy Spirit must help us in the realm of humility. Because the church he knew was going to do amazing and powerful exploits on behalf of Christ to manifest the works of the kingdom. And some of the stuff the church was doing and about to do would blow the minds of those Greek people, those Roman people. And he knew that if the Holy Spirit was not settled into the heart, it would be some easy to say, I prayed for them and they got saved. I prayed for them and they got healed. I prayed and I preached that revival. An awakening happened across Charlotte County. Me, myself, and I all of a sudden gets a front seat to everything. And what happens is pride and arrogance and entitlement set in. And then we get to sing, God owes me. He better get it done. But the power of the Holy Spirit will help you and I in this journey of the exceeding and the abundant. Remember we taught that a few weeks ago. During this journey, he will help us to keep us humble. So well, I, I got no problem there. I'm the very best there, Joe. I'm behind the scenes. This has nothing to do with the person who wants to be behind the scenes. Okay? So as I pray this more, Lord, you would keep us humble. And what happens with humility when the Holy Spirit leads us in humility, it keeps us humble. Now, here's the key, and here's what I want you to get this morning. When a person stays humble in the sight of the Lord, what happens is it opens up the gateway for the operations of the gifts of spirit. He then knows he can trust you and help you and work with you because he knows that you can walk away from everything that was just done and take no credit for it whatsoever other than the works of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It means, you know what, you walk in the room and you've got a gift, the same gift I've got. I'm going to train you to do what I do. I'm going to bless you so you can do what I do, and so on and so forth. How do we do that? How do we build this culture in our assembly to make sure that no matter what, at the end of the day, there's no pride, there's no arrogance, because it's obviously the first thing on his list of all things when he says, would you walk with all humility? Would you walk with all lowliness? It was the very first thing on the list. In this day that you and I are in right now, in 2021, we live in a very selfish culture. In the Greek Roman Empire, it was the same. It flipped into a very selfish culture. Who created that? Who started that? That seed was planted back at the garden. Has God said? And if the devil can get into the hearts and the minds, not of the world because he's already done that, but into the hearts and the minds of the church, look at you guys. You guys got a beautiful building. You're online. You've got this. You've got that. You made a name for yourself. 
You know what? If that ever creeps into our culture, we need to shut that down in Jesus' name. And say, thanks be to the hand of God and the work of God. We can do through His power and His grace what only He can do. And He'll flow through us. He'll work in us. And so that, you know what? All power and all honor is given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Gentleness. Then he says, gentleness. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the call in which, which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness. If humility is your right foot, gentleness is your left. Philippians 4 and 5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Check this one out. Proverbs 15 and 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. He says, guys, you know what? You're going to have opposition. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have people come to you that you don't agree with. And you can respond to them and be right and wrong at the same time. Amen? So, for example, someone comes to work tomorrow. And they get to working for you. And they come to you and say, how did it go? And they did it wrong. And you look at them and say, you idiot, you did it wrong. Now, you're right, they did it wrong. But you was more wronger than they were. You get what I'm saying? A servant of God comes along. They're, they're trying their best. They're trying to serve God. They're trying to love God. And they get it wrong. And they say, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. And maybe it does. And maybe you're right. But a gentle answer turns away wrath. And a harsh word stirs up anger. The absence of gentleness, and check this out, in your spirit, not in the flesh, but in the spirit, the absence of gentleness is anger. Here, I want, I want to be really clear in here. The reason I'm taking my time this morning because these are principles in the spirit that if we're going to win battles in Ephesians chapter 6, we've got to know who we are and where we stand and how to conduct ourselves in our heads and our hearts during the times of battle and before battle and after battle. You with me so far? The absence of gentleness is anger. And if you dig deep enough, and check this out and listen to me carefully, if you dig deep enough and find that your response is always in an anger response or a frustrated response, then chances are in your spirit you're thriving for control more than you are love. And the enemy wants us to respond in anger. He wants us to respond in frustration. He wants us to respond to your employees or your colleagues or your church family members in a way that would bring frustration and stir up anger. And if the enemy can stir up anger in the household of faith, then what happens, it will lead to gossip and divisions. Before too long, it's not what was said in the lobby. It's not what was said in the sanctuary. It's not what was said in the room at someone's house. It was, did you see how they responded to me? That hurt me. You say, my Lord, he's meddling this morning. What did he pick up on? 
Nothing. Nothing. Other than the reality that there is sometimes there's a reason why we constantly fight the same battles over and over and over and over again. And the Holy Spirit saying, we want to have gentleness. And you know what? There's some people in the room that this is just a natural gift. Gentleness is you walk in the room and you walk into a, a very high level anxiety situation. And you just walk in the room and just, just you being there brings comfort and peace. Amen? Then there's others. They walk in the room, they've said nothing, and they ain't got to. Just them being in the room, and the other 12 are wound up like a fiddle string. Because that person has a history of how they respond to situations and people and problems. Now, here's the deal. If you struggle in that department, just say, Lord, you know what? I want you to overwhelm me with gentleness. And there's a reason why. Remember through the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus come to a very hard situation, the Bible consistently said he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. I tell you where the birthing place is for compassion, the spirit of gentleness. Harshness and compassion don't live in the same house. They don't even live in the same county. They won't even live in the same continent. But when I say, you know what, I'm going to live and thrive in a realm and a spirit of gentleness, then what happens again, it opens up the gateway for the spirit to work in a realm of compassion. And if you want to work in the gifts of the spirit, if you want to see the hand of God move through your hand and through your prayer and through your worship, operate in a realm of gentleness because compassion will overwhelm you and you will start seeing that person's hurt through your eyes. You'll feel their pain. You will sense their pain. You will know their pain. And you'll You'll put yourself in their shoes. You'll put your eyes through their eyes. And before too long, God begins to heal the leper. He begins to take away cancer. He begins to mend hearts. He brings people together because somebody said, I'm going to walk in gentleness today. I'm going to let them have a gentle word. Amen? I will not give one bit of room. I will not give one foothold to the works of the enemy. So if you're a person that says, well, I shoot from the hip, what they get is what they get. There's nothing wrong with being truthful. I'm not saying don't tell the truth. Y'all laughed at me. Y'all know that one. No, that one's not in your seat, and that one's not beside you or front of you behind you. I understand that, but y'all know that one. But sometimes shooting from the hip will hurt more than it heals. And the scripture says, be wise with your words for their life and their death. A good word is like honey. Amen? A good word's like honey. When someone comes into the workplace tomorrow, and maybe they're working, and maybe they did it wrong. You could reach out to them and the heart and the love of Christ, and that could be the very first step to their salvation. You don't know what they're going through at home. You don't know what they're going through at their church. You don't know what they're going through anywhere else in social life. And you can reach out to them and say, look, you know what, Mary? You know what, Frank? I understand what you did. I understand you've probably done it with the best intent you could. And you could lead them down a natural path of love and give them guidance and give them care and give them gentleness. And it opens up the whole gateway. For too long, the Holy Spirit begins to speak through you. 
a level of compassion grips a hold of your heart. Before too long, the word of knowledge begins to operate through your mouth, and the gift of wisdom begins to operate because you chose to walk in gentleness. We want to reach Charlotte County? Follow Ephesians chapter 4, 1, 2, 3, and 4 to the 9, and we will have no problem filling up buildings. And everybody said amen. And the reason I'm bringing this out, this is hard work. And if you try to do it in the flesh, I promise you right now, I'll just give you a heads up right now, it won't work. You'll fall flat on your face. It's like trying to run your car with no air in the tire and no gas in the tank, wondering why you're getting nowhere. Amen? But when you're full of the Spirit and you're full of the Word of God, say, you know what? It's not a problem to walk with all humility. It's not a problem to walk with long-suffering and care and patience and all those good things. That's not a problem whatsoever. I'm perfectly fine. And you know what? I'll give a gentle answer all day long. Amen? You with me so far? Perfect. We got one more. Patience. Let's read it. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all, let's say it together, lowliness, gentleness, and long-suffering. That just means in Charlotte County, patience. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8 says, The end of a matter is better than the beginning, and a patient spirit is better than a proud one. Someone says, Lord, give me patience. The Lord goes, well, you don't know what you just asked for. A patient spirit. I promise you again, if you try this in the flesh, you will fall flat on your face. I'll be honest with you. There's certain areas in my life I'm extremely patient on, and there's other areas, there's no patience at all. There's no air in the tank whatsoever. She just, not there. Paul says, be patient. I want to get, I want to, get to the point here because the word long-suffering is a compound word. And if you were to jump into the Greek, what the word actually means is this. Delayed anger. Ooh. Something comes your way. Fellow church member, family member, neighbor, worker at the workplace, employee, employer, whatever tag they may have, and they do something, and you're like, holy smokes, I'm ready to give them one. I'm ready to let them have it. And the Holy Spirit says, hello, long-suffering's in the room. Delay that anger, I've got a word to say. Delay that thing, I've got a word to say. Delay what you're about to do because you're about to put an air in their heart that's going to be years pulling back out again and healing that heart. Delay that anger because I'm working on them. Leave them alone. There's been a lot of people in church world and world that have been hurt because the, pr the prisoner of Christ, the child of God, has not had long suffering. We have not practiced delayed anger. We're like, we're going to give it to them all barrels. That'll straighten them out. That's called religion and control. It will never work. Whew. Say, how are you supposed to feel the Holy Spirit in this kind of talk? 
I tell you how you feel that. <laughs> this is the stuff that gives us breakthrough. This is the stuff that takes down walls. This is the stuff that breaks. We sing raise a hallelujah, and we sing these songs about he going to do it again. And, but walls come tumbling down, and chains being broken off, and addictions coming off people, and cancer cells leaving people's bodies and all that stuff. The avenue where it opens up the floodgates of heaven for all that stuff to work is in these scriptures right here because we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his eyes. We are his ears. And what Paul is saying is, if you want to know the heart of the Father, if you want to know what's going on in his mind and what he wishes for his good, good children, it's right here. This is how Jesus walked. And he says, I beseech you. That's like saying in the, in the English language, I almost beg of you. I, before you do anything else, before you ever walk in the door, before you ever take on a position, before you do anything, I, I am begging of you to do this stuff. Amen? James 1.19 says it this way. Everyone. Everybody say everyone. That means me. Should be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. That's a mouthful. You praying over your kids? You praying over your family? Your co-workers? So why? There's another one here I'm going to give, but I'm going to touch on it next week because I, I really feel this is the next one if you're reading and hopefully have been reading with me is love. But it's a whole topic unto itself. If you wonder what the word love there is, it's agape love. It's not filial love or any other love. It's the word agape love. But why, why would Paul lock this into the middle of Ephesians? One, he's writing to a culture that thinks humility is a waste of time. I was reading some commentary on this through the week, and the best explanation I come up with is this. And this is, this is huge, and this, is, this sums this morning up. And to be honest with you, I am glad that we're all together, that we can hear this online or in person. When we go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus often said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father, we're one. I only go where he tells me to go. I say what he tells me to say. One. Unity. Togetherness. Jesus is on the cross, and he's on his way there, and he says, Lord, he says, you know what? If, if I could just get away from this, I, I would do it. But it's not your will, not my will, but your will. And I'll let your will be done. And through the act of the cross, we see all these elements that are in place. We see humility. We see gentleness. We see long-suffering. We see bearing one another's burdens in love. We see all that. But Paul is saying, if we want to see the hand of God continually move like we did at Calvary, what Jesus exemplified at Calvary's cross is now a responsibility handed out to the church. That's huge. And now it is, it's not an option, 
It's not a hope for. It's not, well, maybe if you find the time for this. It's This is the core mandate of the follower of Christ to fulfill the oneness, the heart of Christ with the Father that was seen at Calvary's cross is now a mandate for the church to be fulfilled every day until it comes back for the believer. So I bring it back into the realm of context. If you're struggling with unity, if you're struggling with anger and rage and control and harsh words and long-suffering and all these things, go back and say, God, help me with the mandate that you believed in me. You trusted me enough to put a mandate. You put a job description within my spirit to make sure that these elements of Jesus Christ are made manifest everywhere I go and everything I do and everybody that knows me says I walk in that realm you cannot do it that's why Jesus says before you leave town you make sure you're endued with power make sure you're walking in the promise because this stuff right here you cannot do this in the flesh if you try you will fail why was religion birthed because people were too lazy to pray People lost sight of praying through. People lost sight of the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit says, well, we'll just develop a little structure. We'll build some four walls. We'll build a ladder. We'll build a catechism. We'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. And as long as you fall in that realm, you'll be okay. And I'm telling somebody here right now in Jesus' name, If you're that one that says, I want to do great exploits. I want to do big things for God. I want to see my kids saved. I want to see such an awakening and move of God in Charlotte County. I'll do anything, God. God says, great, follow Ephesians chapter 4, 1, 2, 3, 4. And I pray to the living God this week when an opportunity comes your way, because it will come your way. Remember, God's on your case, and so is the enemy. There's going to come a time where an opportunity to be humble or proud is going to present itself, and you've got a road to take. I promise you that an opportunity for gentleness will present itself, and you've got a road you've got to take. I promise you this morning that there's going to be an opportunity for long-suffering, and you got a road you're going to have to choose to take. But remember this. Never forget this. That meanwhile, in the spirit realm, forget the frustrations at work. Forget the frustrations at Jody at Walmart just trying to find the one curate they've got. The confession is good for his soul, right? When I get to that realm, in the spirit realm, never forget, there's a grandmother praying over that soul. There's a grandfather praying over that soul. That soul's in the balance is trying to make a decision. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. You don't know how bad that person's been hurt by another unbeliever or believer. 
You know what? Every morning I put honey in my coffee instead of that white sugar stuff. Now, I'm not going down the health road here this morning. But there's a reason why I put real honey in my coffee and not that crazy white sugar. I'll leave it at that. Honey is an organic and a real healer for your body. You with me so far? That white sugary stuff, there's not one thing in it that's going to give you one bit of health or good. It will destroy you. It will make you long-term ill. It will not help you in any way, shape, or form. There's a counterfeit for everything. In the spirit realm, something comes my way and I got an opportunity to invest, to deposit. It's a cup of coffee, if you would. And you can either put the old junk white stuff in that, that will cause problems. I'll give them a piece of my mind. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to give them honey. Honey. I'm going to give them honey. I'm going to give them love. They may not even deserve it in that natural realm, but I can promise you this right now, in the spiritual realm, everybody deserves it. Everybody deserves honey. Give no foothold for the enemy this week, church. We're praying for breakthrough. We're praying through doors to wide, fly wide open. We're praying for healing. We're praying for power. We're praying for authority. And I'm telling the channel for this operation right here is get in this book and read this chapter right here. Get a revelation of who you are in Christ. As we all stand together this morning, we're just going to take God at His words. We begin to worship and open up our hearts and now receive revelation and understanding in Jesus' name. Amen.
going to pray this morning. And I pray that the work of the Holy Spirit would be working in our lives, all of us. All of us. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been a you've been off in the receiving end of the opposite of everything I just said this morning. I'm here to remind you that's not the way God's heart is. There's many people in Charlotte County that chose not to come to a gathering simply because they've been a victim of the opposite of Ephesians 4. And I'm going to pray a prayer of healing over this region. That there will be a revival and awakening of the realm of these things. The fruit would flow from the church. Maybe you're in this room today and you've been part of that journey and you're you're trying to get there, but because of all the stuff that's gone on. Maybe you're in this room today and you're like, you know what, I want to be a better person at these elements. I'm not good at patience. I'm not good at gentleness. I'm not good at long. I'm just not good in these areas. Most of us aren't in one area or another. But the neat part is God is the academic in every area. He's a high-level degree on every one of these categories. And that's why I said when I first get up here this morning, if you want from him, you just got to ask. Just got to ask. You, you won't get it if you don't ask. But I promise you, because it's in His Word, if you ask for it, you're going to get it. I've seen God go to great lengths to even shut people's mouths. But I've also seen God to go to great lengths to open people's mouths. But 24-7, Father, use me. Holy Spirit, use me. Guide me. Direct my words. Direct my thoughts. Direct my actions. Direct my motivations. Direct everything there is to direct. Whatever you have to say, I want to say. If it's not of you, I'll just shut my mouth. If it's of you, I'm in. Now, I'm going to pray a prayer over this region because I see healing coming to this region. 
said, you know what? We're going to do it. We are going to do it. And as the worship team continues to worship, if you want, if you want specific prayer, it could be body, it could be soul, it could be spirit, it could be anything under the sun. But you have not because you ask not. But when you ask and seek and knock, you will get it. You will get it. Father, right now in Jesus' name, you've called us to fulfill a mission over this county. There's a mandate over the church to fulfill what was manifest at Calvary. A massive responsibility is now in the hands of the church to fulfill a mandate. It may seem overwhelming. It may seem like a lot. It may seem like, how are we going to get the job done? Good news. I'll send you a helper. I'll send you a helper. He'll teach you in all things. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He'll tell you when to shut the mouth and he'll tell you when to open the mouth. And when he tells you to open the mouth, he'll even give you the words to say. And I pray over this region of this county right now that there be a healing a healing rain would fall over the county. I speak over the countless hundreds, thousands of people that at one time gave their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ with the very best of intentions. But somewhere along the way, they fell victim of the opposite of what Paul speaks of in Ephesians 4. But I'm saying today, Satan never has the final word. The church walks and sits and operates in a realm of authority that is above the prince and the power of the air. And the church has the healing medicine of God. For your word is like a medicine unto our heart and soul. And when we give out your word, when we give out the honey of God's word, it will begin to heal. It will begin to restore. It will begin to rebuild and put back confidence. And it will take away those things. He said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. And I've come to set the captive free. And he will use the work of the church to get the work of heaven done. Well, I'm praying restoration across this county. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we shut down this foolish religious thing. In Jesus' name. And we see loosen the power of God. Release the wave of your authority, your love, your compassion, your forgiveness, your long suffering. Loose it in Jesus' name. Loose it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You are the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation. 
beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The Father.
We're going to keep worshiping for a moment. You know, as we worship as the Holy Spirit inhabits the praises of His people, He actually stirs our faith. Our faith gets stirred. And here's what I'm going to pray for this morning. Over in this section over here, we're going to pray over Kelly. In Jesus' name. That there's no return visit whatsoever. You'll be clear as a bell. Clear as a bell. Everybody that's got a place in your world and the health of your physical body are going to get on the same page because Jesus is going to get them on the same page. We're going to be praying over Jacob this morning. Sustained healing. Going to keep that. Because God's going to finish that which he has started. Amen. Amen. He's going to finish it. So the young man could rise up and do that which he's called to do. Amen. God didn't put, put him on the earth just to cause us worrying and fretting and praying. God put him on the earth because he's got an anointing on him to preach the word. Mm. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Damien, the Lord's put it in your heart one more time to get out the bow. Mighty arrows from God's bow. I'm going to pray over you this morning. Not to put you on the spot, because you don't need to be on the spot. Jesus will put you under the spout. Father, right now I pray for Kelly in Jesus' name. I speak sustained healing over her body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Top of her head to the soles of her feet, every cell in her body is made whole. If there's any cell in her body whatsoever, there's anything in her body opposing health and wholeness, I command it to be gone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. She's a child of the Most High God. She walks in your word and she believes your word. Her name is written down in Lamb's Book of Life and she's sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. She's covered in the blood and she's put on righteousness for she stands in right standing with you. Angel of the Lord encamps around about her for she fears and she loves you. And I bind the works of hell in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, right now, we pray over Jacob right now in the Halifax Hospital. Lord, right now, I pray for sustainability. We will hold on to that which we have received. You will rise that young man up in health and wholeness, and he will fulfill the purposes that you have put in his heart. He will fulfill the destiny that you put within him. Touch that brain. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. We really do. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. 
We stand on the Word of God. We pray over Damien this morning. A heart to reach young fellows, a heart to reach young people, a heart to reach young adults. A heart to reach that one that's maybe down and out that society would call the down and outer. But God, you put something within his heart called reach, love, care, compassion. If you got to use a bow and an arrow to get it done, so be it. But in the spirit realm, every time he pulls back the bow and looses an arrow, it's an arrow of love, care, and compassion. There's been enough arrows in Charlotte County that have pierced hearts, that have broken hearts wide open, that have killed and destroyed. And now there's an arrow of healing. Let it flow out of him. Let nothing hold him back whatsoever. Open up the doors that need to be opened, close that need to be closed. Operate in wisdom. In Jesus' name. I pray over this congregation today. Those that are in body, those that are online today. Lord, in Jesus' name, we operate in the realm of the power of the Holy Spirit. That the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Father, I pray you create divine set-up opportunities this week. Divine appointments, Father, that are eyeball to eyeball with folks that need help, need healing, need restoration need comfort, need restoration in their spirit, restore them back into the Father's house. Use the words of your people. Use the actions of our people, Father. Use them. Employ them. Stir us. Provoke us. Motivate us, Father, that we would walk in the realm of the power of the Holy Spirit. That, Father, we will be, will be people in your word, people of your word, speaking your word, thinking your word, praying your word, Father, that we would operate in this realm, that when you look across this county, you can say the job's getting done. Father, the job's getting done. They're fulfilling the mandate that I have placed on the church. They're fulfilling the mandate they placed on the ministry. They're fulfilling the mandate. I will put a wave of glory over this region. I will put a wave of authority over this region. I will put a wave of abundant blessing over this region. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that we walk worthy of the calling by which you were called. Father, I pray we walk, we walk, we walk worthy. That means we believe in whom we are believed and saved in. We walk in that calling. I will not sit around. I will not slumber. I won't quit. I will walk away. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care how hurt it might have been. I'm going to keep on walking. Because I've been called. I've been called. I've been called. Verse number three says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Because he will command the blessing 
in the realm of unity. Just before we go, just one more time. I know you have been standing a while. I get it. But as we sing this song one more time, this powerful name of Jesus, I pray the reason you're standing today is maybe you're standing for yourself or maybe you're standing on behalf of someone that really needs a miracle in their life. They just need to experience for the first time in a long time what it means to experience the love of God in their life. Just one more time before we go. Let's do it. In Jesus' name. There could not hold you. The bell tore before you. Chuck today, Chuck Simpson. He that began a good work will complete the work. So, Father, we pray over Chuck today. You have delivered him, but now you are delivering him. You're setting him free from all the bondages of the past. The hurt, the pain, everything, gone. Father, you're not just leaving the house empty, but you're filling it full. The Bible says that when the house got empty, it wasn't filled back up. And when they went back, it was seven times worse than it was before. We will not let the enemy get a foothold. Fill that young lad full of your power, full of your spirit, and full of your word. Fill him. Book of Acts says, and they were all filled. They were all filled. Fill them up. I hope he's like a young David says, my cup runs over. Fill him. Lord, we pray for Scott Matheson this morning. 
I pray right now, Father, he'll rise up stronger. I pray, Father, the worship music that he loves to do, you'll rise him out to a new level. A new level. A new level. I pray that, Father, even right now, during this time, you are taking the time to minister to him. Even right now, when we're in this room and he's in his room, I pray the Holy Spirit would come into that room and fill him. Fill him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Glory to the living God. Pray for Scott. I speak deliverance over Scott and Harvest House to Moncton. Father, we're in no rush this morning. We'll take the time because right now we need to take the time. We're so busy going hither and yon, doing what we do all week, but right now. We worked our 50 and 60 and 70 hours, done our thing, made our money, done whatever. But right now it's Holy Spirit's time to do the ultimate works. As we come together in this room together. And I pray over Scott right now in Jesus' name. Rise him up to a new level, a new man, a new day in Jesus' name. I pray for Judy Newman in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for our online audience reaching out in faith this morning and believing. But, Father, right now I speak over Judy and whatever Judy's going through, that Jesus would be all over Judy in Jesus' name. I see healing in her back. I don't know what's going on, but I see healing in her back and her, in that area of her body. Right now, in Jesus' name, the strength in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let the healing hand of God minister, strengthen, rise up. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray over our kids in Sunday school this morning. Father, how you love them. How you love them. I pray, Father, as Tanya's down there today working with those youngsters, Father, wrap your arms around about those dear ones. They come in this room so excited, just pumped, singing, listening, doing, eating. <laughs> just be with them, Father. Give them a good week. Give them a good week. A good week. Father, I pray for our youth. Father, as they finish out high school and junior high school and elementary and college and university in these next few days. Father, I pray right now you speak over them. Calm their fears. Show them your way. Show them your purposes. Show them your blueprint. I pray even as we at St. Croix do all we can do to make sure that we honor and celebrate our graduates this year at St. Stephen High. Father, we'll do our utmost and we'll do our best to celebrate them and honor them. For those that are struggling, trying to finish up, give them the strength, give them the tenacity, give them the discipline, give them the focus. Father, they're not just going to finish, but they're going to finish well. In Jesus' name. 
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Gift of faith is at work this morning. Stand on the word of God. Glory to the living God. Glory to the living God. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be a great week. Amen. We're going to hear good reports throughout the week of good God encounters, good God things that have been done and accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise before we hit the road. Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 God is good. We love you. And have an amazing week in Jesus' name.